Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is April the 3rd, 2020. Strong hand, conviction, long-term thinking. I'm offended by selling. Okay, we got our guest here. Simon is here. Anders is here. And Hass is here. Hey, uh, before we go on, though, I do want to dedicate this show to a, a long-term, long-time fan of this show, a Bitcoin holder. Uh, his name was Tor. You've heard me mention this guy before. He, is, he was from the L.A. area. I mentioned that there was a, a big fan of our show who had brain cancer, and it was Tor. Um, unfortunately, I just learned right before the show that he died back in February. Um, so I'm dedicating this show to him and his thumbnail. There's a picture of him in the thumbnail with me. He actually knew Anders also. Um, we were we he came to Anders' event in in Los Angeles. And he was a great guy. He's from Baltimore originally, just like I'm from Baltimore originally. And he had a very strong hand, definitely. Uh, and this is a lesson for everyone out there. He he did know that he had uh, brain cancer, and he knew you know that life is short. And he planned it all out with his family. So uh, you hear these stories about people dying, and that the Bitcoin was not passed on. But uh, Tor did. Uh, pass on the Bitcoin to his family. His family is taken care of. And again, I just learned this um, right before the show. So it's the show is dedicated to him. And it's, it is a coincidence that Anders also knew him and is on the show today. So Tor, uh, this is dedicated to you, man. And you will be missed. You were a strong hand. And you are an example of uh, how to properly pass on the Bitcoin to your loved ones. So Let's get into the current events here. Uh, this is This Week in Bitcoin. Welcome to the show, everyone. We will start with a tweet from Anders, which is, money printing is theft. Money printing is taxation. Don't hold fiat currency. Hold Bitcoin. So, Hass, what do you think about that uh, quote in, in, in relation to what is going on out there in this wacky world that we are in. Uh, I agree. I agree completely. It is a hundred percent theft. So there's two ways that the government can rob us, uh, inflation and tax. Uh, and, uh, and it's all theft uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I love money printing. Uh, every Bitcoiner should love money printing uh, because, uh, you know, when, uh, when uh, they were flouting the idea of, you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be spending four, five, six, seven, eight trillion as a stimulus. I said, fire up those printers and make me rich. So uh, I think uh, I think uh, every Bitcoiner secretly wonders, uh, secretly hopes uh, for more and more uh, money printing. Uh, that said, though, it's uh, it's gonna be a huge burden uh, on society in a in a greater context to have to repay this back. Uh, later in the future, so uh, this this particular case is a is a tough one because it's a uh, uh, money printing for the sake of a of a public uh, health uh, crisis, uh, but the public health crisis should just might just be a a, a cover uh, since it might just be the 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 pin that pops a a bubble of unsustainability completely unrelated to public health. Uh, it is it is quite a time we are living in, uh, and uh, who who would have predicted whatever six trillion or whatever has been printed? So Anders, you're uh, you're here in the United States, and it was your your quote that I read. Uh, we were talking about M uh, all sorts of money supply before the show. What's what's your take? Yeah, um, so I believe I read that um, the money supply in U.S. is thirty trillion dollars which kind of makes sense when the global uh, money supply, including M1, M2, M3, which is like number one is just actual notes and coins. And then M2, it becomes like what's in your bank, et cetera. But if you count everything globally, it's a hundred trillion. I believe in US, uh, I read it's uh, 30 trillion. So when you create 6.2 more in a matter of 
a couple of weeks, um, it, it essentially will create that itself um, more than 20% inflation. It doesn't happen immediately. It happens over time. But uh, printing more money doesn't create more value. If it did, we could print $100 million to every single citizen, give it to everybody. We'd, you know, everyone would be rich. We didn't have to work anymore. Um, that's just an example of, of course, you can't do that. It doesn't create more value. A money system, as I like to call it, has a certain value, right? So if you print more units, it's just each unit will be worth less, but it still has the same amount of real value. Um, so this essentially means that you're diluting the value of the current dollars, clearly. So anyone who's holding cash is being robbed, um, well, you know, around 20% of, of the value of that. Not immediately over time, as Haas was saying, um, you know, the situation is, is um, special. It's, um, there's a, a health crisis. Um, so maybe it's necessary, but nevertheless, it is uh, stealing value. And then you can, you know, always discuss, is it a, is it a good cause, is it not? But you are stealing value from holders of, of, of uh, cash here and now. All right. Is this the first step? Uh, you're, you're still a big believer in hyper-Bitcoinization. <laughs> I guess it's looking, uh, looking like uh, you've got a, your point is stronger these days, isn't it? And uh, thank you. Um, thanks for bringing that up. And it will only get stronger. Um, uh, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm a strong believer of Gresham's law where um, when, when you have more money in your pocket, you will always spend the one that you consider less uh, quality, less good first, because you want to hold back, you know, you want to keep the one that you consider has best long-term value. Um, in a situation like this, uh, where, I mean, you have dollars, I know you believe in that dollars will still be around, fiat currency will still be around to some extent. I mean, maybe you change your mind, I don't know. But um, I, I just believe that um, because more and more people will realize that Bitcoin is a better money, um, you know, people will be using that dollars first to the extent that eventually, which I believe will happen after the next halving, uh, nobody wants to hold it anymore. And, and we, you know, we, we go into hyperinflation um, and, and that essentially is the other coin of, or the other side of the coin of hyper-Bitcoinization. And the reason I say, I mean, we all agree that Bitcoin is the better money, right? Yeah. Um, I want to state a point why there can't be any better money than Bitcoin because then people don't have to think about, uh, you know, Monero is that good or Litecoin is it good because it has shorter block time and everything. Um, really, for some, for a commodity to be money, because it's always been a commodity that's been money, and, and Bitcoin is just a digital commodity, um, first of all, it does need to be scarce. Being 100% capped, unlike gold, where we can still find more, being 100% cap at 21 million means it's infinite cap, right? So that's the first thing. Nothing can beat Bitcoin on that. Then you need portability and divisibility, durability, and fungibility, which essentially means privacy. It's infinite portable. You can walk through customs with $100 million in your brain alone, just in your memory. Um, it's infinite portable. It's infinite, um, oh, sorry. It's infinite divisible, it's infinite durable, um, and also it will have infinite privacy. Um, you know, we already have CoinJoin, but once we get Schnorr and Taproot and Lightning Network and all that working together, it, it won't be traceable. So, and all those, I mean, if on the important properties of money, what money can be compared on, it has infinite max value. You really can't beat it. At the same time, because it's decentralized and uh, digital, it's also permissionless value transfer. You can transfer to WikiLeaks, um, you know, uh, which you can't do with dollars, for instance. So it's permissionless value transfer, um, and also it's unconfiscatable. Um, you know, we know that. But I'm just, I just wanted to highlight that it is infinite value on all of these dream properties you want to have on money. And when you have something that 
is in the infinite uh, valuable and it already has the network effect it has, um, you, it won't be able to change. Like the world has to have an apocalypse or something like that for me even to think that there'll be something else then. Now, I, I totally agree with your your tweet. I don't see how anyone in their right mind uh, can can flock to the fiat at this time. Uh, this is the time that people should be waking up. But I think, I mean, the dollar is the best of the bunch, basically. Sure. And, and so I, I agree. Money printing is theft. Money printing is taxation. Uh, and that's, I mean, when this whole... Uh, panic started and Bitcoin price crashed. I mean, the first thing I did, I, I bought Bitcoin that day, that that whatever it was, bloody Thursday, whatever it was called. So I do. I, Simon has been silent here. He's going to he's going to have a lot to say about uh, about all this, because you actually uh, just you had a tweet thread called Bitcoin charcoal or diamond. So, I mean, you can tie some of that into what Anders said. But uh, your, your thoughts on the money printing first. Um, okay, well, well, I agree that, that, I mean, you see all around the world that the escape uh, buttons are being pushed, and which is money printing. And um, we see the Chinese doing it, we see the Europeans doing it, we see everyone doing it. So all over the world, we're tackling the crisis um, just by printing money. So, so we're taking care of people. So this is really short-term uh, decision-making uh, done um, yeah, done done to save the bunch, uh, and, and there, there are good reasons for doing so. I think um, in, in in terms of if you are a government, what do you want to do? I mean, you're saying to people, uh, sit down, sit at home. Uh, people lose their jobs, so so you'll grab a tool that you would not generally use. But the fact of the matter remains that that you'll increase the supply, and there's one supply not increasing at all. Uh, and that means that uh, from a relative perspective, it's clear that you're going to get a, an increase in the Bitcoin price. Um, so so I'm, I'm completely on, with you on that. Uh, although if, if you also look at the history of Bitcoin, you can see that where, um, where monetary environments are unstable, the, there's a likelihood that governments will be forbidding the use of Bitcoin. Uh, so, the, uh, so the catch would be that if, this, um, if Bitcoin becomes too strong, um, some governments might say, well, it's now completely prohibited to, I mean, and of course there are other countries you can go to and such, but, but uh, um, I, I see this as sort of a uh, deus ex machina, an outside uh, thing that may also occur. Uh, I mean, they're, they're breaking all the kind of rules in terms of money printing uh, and such, so, so why not also... Uh, so so in, in the worst nightmare would be that basically there's a huge money printing going on, then you forbid Bitcoin, and then you hurry up with the central bank digital currency, and you push people towards the central bank digital currency, and, and you push them towards a, a, a thing that they don't want. Um, so, so that's my worst nightmare, and the, 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 the nice dream division would be the one where we don't overregulate Bitcoin, we just... Uh, accept that it's there and uh, we, we leave people to choose uh, and we can see the effect of having uh, a robust system alongside a uh, system that is completely uh, uh, moving off the rails. So so these are very, very interesting times indeed. And, and I should also say to all the, the, the viewers and listeners um, that, that have family in this, uh, in this, in this crisis, um, uh, take care, be healthy, stay healthy, and, and be very cautious. I mean, these are stressing times, and my heart goes out to everyone who has uh, a family or, or rela related people that that, uh, that are ill at the moment. So uh, I just want to say that, and then we'll move on to the uh, Bitcoin stuff because uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's scary times. Yes, and uh, I I do want to say that all these guys, if you want to know more about them, they are all linked to below. All their Twitters are linked to below, and uh, various tweets that they're mentioned in. So sp speaking about, uh, well, going going back to your country, uh, to to the Netherlands, uh, yeah. and, and this crisis uh, that is is going on, uh, you noticed and that. They tried to sneak something in there, didn't they? Uh, in, in, with, uh, yeah. with you know, the, the, the tell 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 the world about this because this is very interesting because you know the, there is a real illness out there. There's a real virus out there, but it um, 
governments uh, can uh, use this as a time for overreach. And uh, a lot of people are pointing to a lot of examples and you have a real, I mean, crypto example here. Yeah, so the situation in the Netherlands uh, is the following. We're, we're still in a discussion on legislation on crypto. Uh, basically, there's a base layer of legislation that was initially proposed by the Ministry of Finance. That was all fine. And then the uh, supervisor, the central bank said, no, we want an extra layer of su supervision on top of that. And that really kills off the industry. So the industry is sort of battling for a year now and saying, well, take off the extra layer. Just give us the basic uh, KYC stuff, but not the extra layer for the supervisor. Um, so there's, it's almost in the final stages of discussion in Parliament. And on a Tuesday, when they were announcing a economic bazooka in the Netherlands, they also uh, published a letter uh, to our Senate on, on this legislation. And it, it, this was a letter which basically sort of ducked all the vital questions and, and was not really an answer to the questions of the people in the Senate. Um, but I noticed it coming online and I started tweeting about it, ba basically uh, taking it all apart because it, it had all kind of flaws in it. Um, and I was doing this in a tweet storm where each time that I did a tweet, it hit the Ministry of Finance account and a lot of Parliament's people account. So while they're preparing for this economic press conference, they're noticing these tweets coming up, coming up. And at the end of my tweet storm, I'm sort of done with, with uh, dissecting uh, the, the answer into bits and pieces, basically outlining that they didn't answer any question that was being asked and they're sort of uh, not telling the truth as to cost of supervision. So, so the cost for crypto for supervision was going to be more than a regular license for uh, for trust companies, like this, this, these companies uh, that, that that do business for large corporates and stuff. So this was really an over-the-top supervision layer. Uh, but at the end of my tweet storm, someone tweets to me, "Hey, guy, the, where's where's the letter? I can't find the letter anymore." So they took the letter offline. Um, and waited for a week and only to publish it then. So, so this was really sort of makes you wonder, was this an administrative mistake or was it basically using the crisis to slip in a piece of legislation or discussion that you want to uh, sort of, yeah, well, while everyone's paying attention to something else, just move this one along. It, it's unclear which of the two, but um, uh, they, they took it offline. It was gone for a week and now they put it back online. And now the industry has officially sent a letter uh, to the Minister of Finance uh, saying, Hey guy, your first your first proposal was a good a good proposal, and then you started putting on this extra layer for the for the supervisor. But now you see in in the budgets of the supervisor how much it costs. It costs more than other licensed entities. Well, we only have a registration. How can a registration be more expensive? Almost one one and a half times the one of a license of a trust company. So so have a look around. Look at the Corona crisis. We are still employing people. But if you move this forward with an extra layer, it's going to be a hard time. So, so give us a break. Take out the extra layer of the supervisor. Go back to your, to your own original uh, proposal, and and let's move forward. Basically, that's that's the idea. And we hope all in the Netherlands hope that the Ministry of Finance comes to its senses, because he said, well, I'm going to throw 90 billion uh, euros at at the problem here uh, to solve. Uh, to, to solve the employment problems that will occur due to the coronavirus, well, he can solve this one easily without paying a cent. Just take out a couple of rules, and we're there. So we really hope that that's gonna that he's that he's waking up to reality, and uh, he'll be sensitive to the argument. I, I one of the things I want to point out in all this is that you made a difference. You you called them out, and uh, that that was a good thing to do, uh, and so. Those of you who don't think you can make a difference here, uh, you can make a difference. Social media, it, it can you, you never know what you can do. And the, the, the thing that is disturbing with this is that uh, uh, during at times of crisis, you never knew, know what governments are going to try to pull. So keep, keep an eye on everything. We, we're entering a time of, of surveillance, definitely. Surveillance for the good of the country, everyone's saying. Digital surveillance and... A lot of Bitcoiners aren't into that type of thing. Yeah, second that. Yeah, that's really true. This is the time to really pay attention because this is the time that all, lots of stuff will be sneaked into legislation. So, so not just crypto regulations, all other kind of regulations. We we really must pay attention. Yeah. Uh, Has down in Australia where you are, <laughs> any examples of government overreach or uh, anyone trying to sneak anything in? 
digital surveillance, or do you want to talk? I didn't ask you about hyper Bitcoinization either. So uh, with the with the surveillance thing uh, and overreach, we're having a problem with basically neighbors ratting each other out, and uh, and our rules uh, are becoming well. It's kind of draconian and it kind of isn't. So like uh, I've been going to work every day. Uh, you know, obviously you you can't build a building remotely. So uh, so you know our our. The, the way we do things on site has uh, has changed a little bit. There's lots of uh, there's lots of professions that are kind of business as usual. Uh, but for example, like I cannot see my friends. So uh, it used to be last week that you could invite one person that's external to your household over for a social uh, event. Uh, now you can't invite anyone unless they're a carer. Uh, you know, uh, your girlfriend can come over. Uh, so relation, you know, people in a relationship are allowed to see each other. Good. Uh, but other than that, it's, uh, it's, uh, in terms of, uh, it's a disaster in terms of social distancing. Now, uh, with regards to like hyper Bitcoinization and money printing and whatnot, I sort of take, uh, the, uh, the actuarial cold blooded economic view. So, uh, so what's the cost of a life? Uh, roughly around about $2 million. So, uh, and I'll tell you how I, I tell you how I got to that number. So America, they were expecting 3 million dead if they did nothing. So they spent 6 trillion to save 3 million lives. So there you go. Each life costs $2 million according to the U S government. If you, if you want to break it down. Uh, that way. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, I don't know if, if they take uh, that approach to it uh, or not, uh, but this particular amount of spending, if we're to believe what the government tells us, is to, is to, avoid, uh, is to avoid death uh, from health and then the sub subsequent knock-on effects, uh, you know, the economic knock-on effects. So I don't, I, uh, I don't really have, uh, you know, a, a robust solution to offer governments uh, for situations like this. This is something uh, truly unique. Uh, with that said, I fully expected them to eventually, sometime in the next uh, three to five to 10 years, uh, to print trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Because eventually, uh, you know, the, the, the debt, the debt-based, the built-on-debt uh, structure of our economy uh, was always uh, a house of cards built on shaky ground. So it was always uh, it was always gonna gonna tip over, uh, but this this is the best opportunity for a government to step in and say, uh, only we can save you, and uh, you're gonna have to do this, this and that uh, to to be saved, and you're just gonna have to to wear it with a brave face, uh, otherwise you're gonna be fined. So the fines for social gathering here in Australia are up to eleven thousand dollars. Uh, if you're out without a reason, it's a thousand dollar fine. Uh, so wait, yeah, yeah, wait, have the police actually stopped people out for being? If I was walking on the streets of Sydney like I was back in October, uh, and I didn't have it, could I be have the police stop people like that just walking around? Yep. So yesterday, <laughs> uh, a lady in Bondi got fined for sitting on a park bench. Now uh, the police commissioner came on TV and he said, I'm personally overseeing these fines mm. and the ones that are bullshit, I'm, uh, I'm putting a line through them. Uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, Australia was always a hardcore nanny state. Uh, now, it's, uh, now it's a nanny state enforced with uh, draconian fines. But there are, there are a lot of industries uh, that have been left to operate business as usual. And uh, we've dodged the bullet. Effectively, Corona is over here. Well, that, so we're over the hill. We've bent the curve. Uh, it's fine. So they're going to lock us up till June the thirtieth, and uh, and then uh, and then you know uh, business. Well, this, you, you said you, you've said a lot here. You've said, uh, and a lot of it is disturbing. We are, first of all pound that like button, people, because you just got the world view of everything. But that you that you're living in informant nation. I mean, it's cool to be an informant now. I mean, that is ridiculous. That I, I just, 
it disgusts me. It, it, it's, you know, it, they're contributing to the surveillance state. The, 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 the citizen is, I mean, this is, uh, it, it's unprecedented. And uh, yeah, I mean, we were, we're talking about hyper Bitcoin. I mean, this, this is, this is, this is bigger. I mean, that, that we're, we're living in such a, a compliant time. It's, it's very disturbing, very, very disturbing. Uh, everything that you said out there. Um, do, do you see, I mean, the, the, the government able to pull this off until June the 30th? Like you do, I mean, you said that was the date. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely see them being able to pull it off. People so aren't going to riot. I mean, people aren't going mean, <laughs> to. Look, if they banned alcohol, uh, yeah, my word, we'd riot. But other than that, uh, <laughs> I we're, we're a pretty chill folk. Like you, you saw us. We have never had a riot pretty much in history. Or at least, you know, since I've been alive, uh, so, uh, you know, I can't, I can't see it necessarily changing. And also, who's going to go riot like when you can catch Corona? Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the like uh, assembly. The, you know, the freedom of assembly has been people are freaked out. They they don't want they don't want to assemble anymore. So it's kind of been taken away from by by the fear factor. Uh, well, before before I go to uh, Anders with a digital surveillance talk, I do just I do want to get a final word on hyper Bitcoinization from you, though. Hass, uh, do you think it is going to happen? Do you believe in hyper Bitcoinization? Yes, I totally I okay. totally believe in hyper Bitcoinization. So if you if you remember my uh, little facetious piece on uh, on the passion of the believers, the the Bitcoin religion piece. Oh yeah, of course. In sort of the opening prayer, I, I said, uh, uh, "Beware the angel of hyper Bitcoinization," and uh, you know, and don't face the angel without holding any Bitcoin, because uh, you know, because there might be some punishment for you in the economic hereafter. <laughs> and uh, I think we are now in the economic hereafter. Mm, very, very. Uh... What this economy is now and going forward, it's very different. And will be permanently different to the economy we had a few months ago. So, uh, so as far as I'm concerned, uh, we are now in the economic hereafter, uh, and hyper Bitcoinization uh, is uh, is not far away. Uh, I never I actually didn't ask Simon straight up what if he believed in hyper Bitcoinization. No, I'm not certain. I, I, today, I, I had a look at the uh, history books. Um, of the central bank and uh, had a look at what happened in 1918 when we had the uh, Spanish flu and the first world war and a contraction, a huge contraction leading to massive debts of all kinds of governments. But those were only 36 uh, of 36 countries in the world. So I figured I'm going to look up the amounts, the, the contraction, the economic contraction and how they dealt with it. Um, and I think what I learned was that, um, there was this huge contraction at first, just like we are experiencing now. Then it looked as if everything was okay and, and everyone felt like, well, we're heading back to normal. And then you end up in uh, 1929 with a huge, uh, huge uh, uh, stock crisis and the, uh, the 30s afterwards. Uh, so there could be a lingering effect. If you look in history, um, there could be a lingering economic effect that, that that we sort of at first may not feel or may not be aware, and then it really hits us. So what's going to happen? It's um, what it tells me. It's, it's very hard to predict. Um, we're now so short after after the the uh, initial shock. Let's say we're only witnessing the first part of the shock. We haven't seen the um, the quarterly reports of a lot of companies. We we haven't perhaps felt the pain fully in economic terms or sense the pain to its full extent. Um, so we may be up for even a more bumpy ride than we think we already had. Um, and this may create um, some some uh, things that that we can't foresee. So that, that's where my, my nightmare vision came in, that, that they will ban Bitcoin or forbid it or whatever. I mean, that's, 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 that's sort of I'm, I'm not certain we're through the worst of it yet. And uh, that may, may mean that, well, in theory, I, I would I would immediately say, yeah, this is the logic. Uh, I'm 
I think the economic or geopolitical reality may be uh, coming in between to uh, uh, to bother a bit or to yeah yeah to mess it up basically. That's 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 but that's that's just my two cents. I mean. Uh, Anders, any any thoughts on that or the uh, surveillance state we're entering? Yeah, I, I took uh, a few notes here while uh, Simon and Hass was talking because uh, there's a few things I just want to um, give give my take on. Um, uh, I think it was Simon who mentioned that uh, this is the needle that um, um, uh, bursts the bubble, and I think. Uh, exactly, it, it, that's what it is. It's the everything bubble, as we've been talking about for a couple of years, that had to burst sooner or later. And I think uh, this is is that. And to tie it up with what Simon just said, because um, I actually looked also, I went back to, to try and figure out, okay, how's the stock market going to react now? I went back and looked at, um, at the Dow Jones uh, during the Spanish flu. And and um, I, I saw, okay, it's not too bad. Uh, but then I realized that we never send pretty much the entire population, the world, almost the world population, into quarantine. Um, many people uh, have lost their job or have lost a huge part of their income. Um, so uh, spending is going, like everyone is, is feeling uncertain about the future and, and that they drop spending to a minimum. Um, at the same time, even the U.S. government, I believe it was uh, Munchkin, uh, um, uh, Munchkin as I call him, um, <laughs> that, that even, even from the government mentioned, and usually they don't want to paint a negative picture, right, that mentioned that um, unemployment in U.S. could go as high as 32%. Uh, so in, in my opinion, it's just a matter of, of time before we are in that depression. Um, and not just a recession. Uh, and I think this is going to hit a lot harder than the stock market reflects currently. Uh, I can't believe that it went back up above 20,000. And I would not be surprised to see Dow at 15,000 or even 10,000 because I, th I think uh, that that's, you know, once uh, quarterly results will come out with companies all of a sudden have lost, you know, like a very big percentage of their income, it, it, that basically takes away profit. Um, I, I, I think uh, it, it's going to be a lot worse than we think. Another thing, um, Haas mentioned, um, you know, the price on life. I've exactly been uh, thinking about the same thing, um, that it's kind of a taboo um, normally to talk about uh, how do we price a life because we could always do more to help people in, in, in different with different diseases or whatever, but at a certain level, uh, government stops spending. So how do we actually price a life? How do we, how, what's, what is the government willing to pay to keep someone at 90 alive, someone at 80 alive, someone at 70 alive? Um, and, and, and you did a, a great uh, calculation and, and it's, a, it's a high number that this time around we're willing to pay $2 million. But at the same time, as a friend of my um, guy Bennett uh, mentioned, uh, we may not. We may reduce this three million uh, people from dying in U.S., but there's going to be a higher suicide rate now because people are going to be put in a very terrible situation uh, financially. There's going to be a lot of people who can't pay for their living costs. Um, so that and other, uh, you know, reasons to die because of um, of normal life stopping. Uh, you know, so essentially the price is even higher per life. I think. Um, and and then the last thing I want to comment on is um, the thing uh, Simon was was saying about um, you know it, it, Bitcoin might become illegal and um, and and that could hurt Bitcoin for, from taking over. Um, I, I think this, the same thing will happen as any time a government has banned anything, um, and that is um, it doesn't go away like alcohol during the prohibition in yeah. the 20s. Yeah. Alcohol did not go away. Uh, yeah. Drugs, the last 50 years where, where the U.S. government has spent um, trillions probably fighting drugs uh, and drug dealers and, and all of that. And around the world, governments have been spending a lot of money fighting drugs. The drugs are still there. Yeah. If you want drugs, yeah. you can get yeah. drugs, but they are more expensive. So what happens actually is the price goes up on these things. Alcohol was more expensive during the 20s. Drugs are more expensive because 
when it's illegal and the person who's dealing it um, has a risk of going to jail, he wants a premium for, for working with that. So if it's made illegal, I believe that the price of Bitcoin actually will go up. And, and also, uh, Simon was mentioning a bit, I think, um, uh, you know, with the, what, what is it, 180 countries we have around the world, I'm sure that at least a handful will see it as their opportunity to get a lot of wealthy people coming to their country and becoming a more wealthy country by saying, hey, Bitcoin is okay here. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, that'll bro both bring directly wealth. It will also bring, um, you know, workplaces, jobs. Um, so uh, I, I, I don't think you can stop Bitcoin from becoming money of the world because when it has infinite maximum value uh, on all these properties of money, uh, it's, you know, fighting Bitcoin from taking over as the money of the world is like fighting the gravity of a black hole. It just ain't possible. Ooh, that was a good line. Pound that like button. <laughs> Simon, uh, did you have, uh, I, I, it looked like you were trying to say something there at some of uh, Andrews's points. Uh, yeah, well, well, I, um, the, the, just a brief mention. Uh, so I made, I made this, uh, this tweet line about Bitcoin. Is it a charcoal or diamond? And so, basically yeah. what we're talking about now is one of the angles, which is Bitcoin as a store of value or as a coin. But if you look at Bitcoin more in a, in, in a number of varieties, in a number of ways, like an infrastructure, a processing technology with uh, price discovery features, you can, you can look at it at a number of angles. And the bottom line is it's a, it's a public good. And we're all sort of, everyone is, is good in choosing a single angle to talk about Bitcoin. So you can talk about the economic angle or you can talk about, for example, if right now uh, I, I think that Bitcoin is sort of a very good price seeker. If I want to know in the morning how my stock exchange in Amsterdam opens up, I just have a look at the Bitcoin price and have a sense as to where the market is. Um, so, so there are a number of angles that you can have uh, in looking at Bitcoin. And I think the, the governments of the world may be overlooking a very relevant feature of Bitcoin, which is that it has a public good function. And everyone is distracted by all the, 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 the talk about criminality, the talk about all kinds of stuff with Bitcoin. But we have to respect the fact that it's a public good. It has a number of very good use cases, uh, particularly for people that are excluded from the financial system. Um, so so there, there's really more to Bitcoin than, than one single angle. And, and um, um, yeah, so, so that was a thought that I, I've been expanding on because, because I really dislike the fact that governments try to put it in one corner and push it away or make it go away, which is, which is something that's, 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 you don't do that with public goods. So I'm, I'm really for a re-revaluation of, uh, of Bitcoin um, in, in a broad sense. That's basically what I'm aiming for. Now that uh, tweet, the charcoal or diamond tweet, uh, it is yep. it is linked to below. People can read the whole. Is there anything else you want to say about that thread? Because there was a lot in that thread. Yeah, no, just uh, just leave it at that, and uh, let's <laughs> let people have a look and respond to the to the threads. I, I mean, I, the diamond Bitcoin, of course, is the diamond worth mining, meaning the public good worth cherishing, uh, rather than fighting or uh, forbidding. Okay. Okay. Very. Very good. Uh, let me let me get back to. Uh, we have a question from the audience here, real quick, uh, from Guy Bennett, actually, who is uh, Anders mentioned. And this is a complicated one. I don't know who who can handle this, but we'll we'll read it out. What do your guests think of Bitcoin as a hedge against anti hoarding laws? Ultimately, banks will limit the amount you can hold and withdraw from their institutions. Uh, anyone have thoughts on that one? Yeah. Okay, take okay. it away. Go ahead, Haas. Go ahead, Haas. Yeah. Uh, start hoarding Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What did you say? What did you say? I said start hoarding Bitcoin. Stop hoarding it? No way. Stop. 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 He said commence. stop. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, he said commence. Start hoarding com it. Okay. Commence. Uh, Anders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, totally agree with with Haas, and um, um, it's uh, it it is a hedge against uh, money printing. It's it's a hedge against um, a um, a bail in 
uh, like they did in, in Cyprus, where they, they, I can't remember if it was 20 or 40% of whatever was in people's bank account, um, the government took it because they say we need money. Um, and, um, and uh, you know, you never know when that's going to happen again. It can happen in any country, even the richest country. Well, um, I don't think it's happening. I, I want to point this out. There are some people that are saying that the United States might do a bail-in. Why would they do it when they could just print the money? I, I, I don't expect the bail-in in the United States. I just want no, to no. You know, you might be right, um, but, but other countries, yes, other countries. What? The, why not? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Lebanon but, is about to do a bail-in. Lebanon did it. Is about it? to. Oh, it's about to. Yeah, of course. Why not? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think uh, if you know to to secure yourself about potential like if the government knows that you know some money in your bank account or or bitcoin on an exchange um you know if, if some of the money on your bank account comes from bitcoin or um or you have bitcoin on an exchange uh and they you know they have your kyc information your name and everything uh they you know they could make a, a law going back in time and saying hey this is this is hurting our country. We're going to confiscate it. So, uh, you know, to to answer uh, Guy, it's um, it's uh, you know, it's a hedge against uh, these potential laws to hold it yourself in your cold wallet. All right. Uh, let. Uh, do you have Simon? Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. Well, you could you could broaden it up. Uh, I personally took out all my uh, stock from the U.S. Because I, uh, my feeling was that the uh, geopolitical situation in the U.S. was so unstable that I wouldn't be uh, surprised if there was going to be a freeze of my assets. So I took them all out to Europe, and that's uh, that's that's the re regular stock portfolio, basically not taking a risk where you have the idea that governments will start to intervene with capital controls. And uh, uh, yeah, that's well. Yeah, I, I can see the United States. Uh passing some law because of the virus saying we have to freeze all foreigners assets or something. I mean, that, that was a good move on your part. Uh, I, I'll say that, but that's the cool thing uh, with Bitcoin. You, you don't have to worry about that type of stuff. Uh, Only your own government doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's, uh, we, we've, uh, we've got something coming up in May called the having and it can't be canceled. There are some people calling it the quantitative hardening. I really like that name for it, the quantitative hardening. So, uh, Hass, you're you're. Have you forgotten about the having, or uh, do, do, do you still have it on your uh, schedule? It's the only thing I think about. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the it's the current it's the it's the light in what are very dark times. I can't wait for the having. You know, that's a good way of looking at it for the for the people who are down. For the people who are down, let that be your light and pound that like button. Sorry, Hass, I didn't mean to interrupt. And, you and not just that, it finally gives us the chance to put our theory to the test. So we've been hypothesizing for a while about what's going to happen with this halving. And now we have this uh, external black swan event coinciding with this halving. Uh, so this is going to this is going to give us a chance to put all those theories uh, to the test. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of what we've theorized will come uh, to fruition, but it might it might have a bit of a, a lag uh, because the rest of the world, understandably enough, uh, is occupied with other things. But a lot of people are using this quarantine time uh, to learn about finances and whatnot. And uh, my phone for the past week has been ringing off the hook uh, pre-coiners that know me know I'm the Bitcoin guy calling me and saying, what what the hell is this whole Bitcoin thing? Uh, so because of the, the frequency of calls, like, because I don't watch TV, like, I don't know if people are talking about it on TV or whatever. I like, I live in a Bitcoin bubble, uh, but it looks like, uh, it looks like people, uh, people are starting uh, to hear and, and pay attention. Uh, so, that attention coinciding with a halving, uh, you know, and political and economic uncertainty and all that kind of stuff, uh, I I think uh, I think the the stock to flow model might be invalidated 
uh, to the upside. Oh, uh, oh, look at you, big talker there. I thought you were about to say the other. <laughs> no, no. Oh, my God. Can I, oh, can I what, comment what, on that? Please, please. I totally agree. And that, that's what I've been saying <laughs> because that model will work until it breaks down to the upside. Until, um, which I believe will be after the next halving, on, unless uh, the central banks just, uh, you know, make it happen earlier because they uh, keep expanding the, the money supply by 20% every year. Because if you do 20, then next year you're going to do 30. And then we got the, you know, the parabolic um, uh, fiat currency curve. But uh, that model sooner or later will break down and that will be to the upside and that will be hyper-Bitcoinization. And I believe that's going to happen in 2026. <laughs> um, yeah. To the, to the upside, these guys, it, it's great. You know, I don't believe in clickbait. There are all these people out there that say $1 million Bitcoin. Basically, those two dudes just said it without, without saying it. So I, I, give the, I give them credit for not, have, for not being clickbaity uh, about, about their beliefs. That's, that's, uh, no, I, never said, I never said million. I said break to the upside. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're saying, next, you're saying big the next numbers. Step up. The next step up, I think the model's showing 100,000 US. I reckon it'll break to the upside of that. Uh, but eventually it'll break, you know, to the to the upside. So the next halving, I think the modeled value uh, is is a million. I still think it'll break to the upside of that when it, when it gets there. Because what's a million dollars might get you a, a Snickers bar at that point. Like what does a million dollars mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So... so so we've just got done, or not we, so the US has just got done printing, you know, 6.2 trillion or whatever it is. Uh, they'll be going to Congress now for another 2 trillion in stage four. You know, it's not like they're not printing anything in Europe. It's not like they're not printing anything in China. Australia, the little minnow, we printed 300 billion Aussie dollars. Just you wait till this thing catches fire in Africa and India and the West has to step up with aid budgets I can see 50 trillion in total being printed across the world by the time this is all said and done uh, because Africa collapsing and India collapsing and all these countries collapsing present a huge geopolitical risk from uh, immigrant flows, for example. So we haven't, we have yet to see anything. Uh, I believe these are, these are still early days. Interesting. I, I, I want to stress I, that my, I've got the best freaking guest in the, in the space. They don't need to say huge numbers. They say it in a very intelligent way. That's what that's what I love about the breaking to the upside reference there. That that's intelligent. That's why pound that like button for these guests. Um, Simon, you're you're having thoughts. Well, um, yeah, I want I want to pursue the discussion on on the expansion of the money supply and the effect it has on the value uh, because we think it's going to be a one-off like for this uh, um, crisis, but it's the thing is out of the toolbox. So each politician will, will, will think, okay, well, I'm gonna, we, we've used it before, let's use it again. So, so I think the, the rules of the monetary game where we used to be very strict will be completely, we, we've, we've broadened our perspective so much with this crisis that each politician that now wants to become a president just says, well, I'm gonna hand you over another, thousand dollars from the money printing machine because they now seen the thing in action and uh and and that's that's also working towards uh um yeah towards towards the price effect of course for bitcoin and the halfening has the same effect but i'm i'm very curious whether we have this I'm, i i i keep seeing this this mouse that is running 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 from a cliff and then it keeps on running although there's no ground under, underneath uh wondering when Will we have a disconnect uh, between what should happen and what happens? That, that's what I'm really wondering. Whether whether there's a lag uh, exactly between between the logic and what actually happens. I'm I'm very curious to know. Well, I support the logic. About, yeah. One thing about the having and that that that, uh, that has referenced people even during these times of turbulence don't expect that to be a magical day. Um, it, it's even with the last having, you didn't really feel everything that that it, it caused the the cut in the uh, new supply. You didn't really see it until the next year, until 2017. So, like 
for all the newbies out there, don't be disappointed if, you know, on the day of the halving, nothing happened. Nothing is going to happen on that day. Now, what is interesting, though, that uh, that that Anders brought up, uh, if if the you know, if this is if it's not over in terms of the traditional finance markets, in terms of the stock market, Anders said he's shocked that it, it went up to 20 back up to 20,000 again and that he could see 10,000 uh, very soon. Well, if if people aren't going to go back to work in the United States, then the way the dates line up, I mean, we could see like a stock market crash like happen the day of the halving. So that I mean, that, that would be very interesting if we have another stock market crash like very close to the halving. Because it, it, it could be like almost like a marketing event for the halving. Like, hey, this is what's going on in traditional finance. This is what's going on in, in Bitcoin land. So I, I just thought of that actually when uh, – Andrews uh, brought up the the possibility of another uh, another big uh, a stock market crash. Uh, do, do you have anything to add to that, Andrews? Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if if it's going to happen I- I exactly in in May. I mean, I think we're going to go down further and set a new low before we get to May. Um, but I don't think enough stockholders are aware about Bitcoin and Bitcoin having and the effect of Bitcoin having on its price that. That they're gonna, you know, uh, sell a lot of stock exactly that day. But who knows? Maybe, maybe it, it, it works out that way. Um, but um, I think the, the the fact that the stock market has gone up is a is is what is called a, a bull trap. That um, you, you trap the the bulls in the market that thinks, okay, ah, it went up a little bit. Ah, okay, now it's uh, you know the worst is over. Now we can start buying cheap. Um, and, 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 and the stock market goes up and then it goes further down. Like it's a crash has never happened in a straight line down. There's always some uh, positive movements uh, to the upside on the way down. Uh, I think that's what we, we're seeing right now. And, and I think we're going to go, you know, further south. Uh, I'm not claiming to be an expert on that. You know, it, it, it may not hit 10,000. It may not hit 15,000. I mean, also, if we're printing... A ton of money, um, and as Haas was saying, a Snickers might cost a million dollars. Then that itself will keep a you know a, a flaw under stocks. The real value might drop, but but the price maybe doesn't. But I think it will go down to at least fifteen thousand. Um, a, a couple of other things I, I just wanted to say, commenting on on uh, some of the uh, things that were said um, about the money printing, and now that you know it's happening in Europe, it's happening in US, it's all around the world, China. And um, it's, it's really a matter of the countries that don't print as much money as the other countries. Um, well, actually, it's currency. It's not money because money can store value and fiat currency cannot. But the countries that don't print uh, as much will have uh, a harder time to export their goods. So it very easily becomes an uh, arms race in uh, printing more so you can, like, keep export, um, keep the jobs. And uh, really, we, we thought that politicians would try and prevent, uh, you know, Bitcoin taking over uh, uh, hybrid Bitcoinization, but they may actually be the very people that make it happen uh, sooner than, than otherwise. Um, in terms of what Haas was saying with the, the model breaking to the upside, I mean, that's the one thing that I, I personally spent a lot of time looking at um, these um, um, uh, the bull and the bear market uh, and how it revolves around the, the four-year halving cycle. Granted, the, the sample size is not huge. We only have two previous halvings. However, it does make a lot of sense. Um, so at least a year before the halving, an uptrend start. Um, and and uh, that's what happened. We bottomed in January 2018 at $3,100. Uh, since then, um, it's been going up. Again, of course, nothing goes up in a straight line. We were at 14,000, then we were down at 3850. Uh, but we are up from the low. Um, then the, ha the halving happens, and what previously has happened is um, it goes from being an uptrend to be more of a bull market. It starts going a little bit faster. Um, but, you know, last year was 90% up. This year may only be, say, you know, a bit above 100%. But the real value, the real increase in value of Bitcoin has all, always happened, uh, you know, near the end of that uh, bull market, where it becomes more of a FOMO peak. 
um, where people have fear of missing out because they've seen now on CNBC and so many other TV channels how the price is going up. So you have people buying Bitcoin that don't know what Bitcoin is, uh, that don't understand it has a future, but they just want to, you know, they, they have afraid they're not going to make money on that like, like everyone else. Um, and, and that's where it gets steeper and steeper and steeper. And I looked at the last uh, 2017 uh, FOMO peak, um, the last two weeks, approximately, it went up 100%. The last, you double that time, um, one month approximately, and it went up 200%. If you double that again, I think it was 66 days, it goes up 300%, or it did. Um, so it really gets you know steeper and steeper and steeper, as we have all seen. I just wanted to put some, some numbers on that. And, and uh, I, I think that's um, really how it, it, it happens. So after the halving, we get um, the, the, the price goes up and we start, um, you know, this is what um, uh, Plan B calls uh, co-integration, that uh, within, I think it's every two years, the, the price will both be above and below the expected stock to flow price of Bitcoin. And the way it happens is um, because of that bull market that keeps going until FOMO, that's when it goes above. So I expect that the hundred thousand um, next that the model says uh, we will go way above that next year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if two hundred thousand by you know sometime second half next year. It could even go higher. But um, and and then in the end it goes so steep that there will be people holding Bitcoin that says, you know, this, this might be too much too fast. So I want to take some profit or maybe I want to pay off the mortgage or something. Um, and, um, and, and then it starts going down. And then when it goes down, all the people that bought it, that doesn't really understand, they don't understand Bitcoin. They just see they only bought it because the price were going up. They're the same people we call weak hands that start selling because the price goes down. And that's when you then have the bear market. And that keeps going like we saw last time. It, it, it went on for a year until we and, and the price then goes below the, the stock to flow expected price. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, a peak at you know a quarter million dollars maybe. Uh, and then it, it has a crash down to 50,000 maybe or $40,000 per Bitcoin um, until Again, we can see, you know, in the uh, light in the tunnel, the, the 2024 having, um, and then it starts that uptrend again, probably, you know, a re well, last time it was one and a half years before the having the uptrend starts, um, you know, history doesn't repeat it rhymes, you know, there's no exact guarantee for anything. Um, but uh, I, I, I think that's still within the model. When I when I claim uh, that it breaks down is when we leave the stock to flow expected price for good to the upside, when we don't come down to it again because we go into hyper money printing, hyper inflation, and it's game over for fiat, and it'll it'll be Bitcoin only. All right, I said a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. Pound that like button. People love love hearing predictions like that. And one thing you said there. And th this I agree with is that there will be huge drops in the future. Uh, there, there will be that will make the drops of today look like nothing. You know, we 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 went down with four thousand dollars in a day or whatever it was. Um, there'll be big in terms of dollar in terms of fiat drops. They're going to be there might be a day where Bitcoin goes by uh, down by ten thousand. That's why you have to have a a strong hand, people, a real strong hand. But hey, if it's if the numbers are that high, it's what a world, what what a world it will be. Um, I want to. We're, we're getting toward the end of the show, so I want to get everybody to get in their their final words, things that got left out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'll start with Hasto real quick. You tweeted about something called the the Bitteroo Exchange down in Australia. What's that? What's that about? Yes. Yeah, please. So, tell uh, Bitteroo is uh, is another. Auto D is another auto. So everybody knows me as the auto DCA guy, and uh, and uh, it's the hill I've chosen to die on. So uh, I'm always uh, trying to promote uh, uh, Bitcoin only auto DCA uh, companies. Uh, and there's a there's a new one now coming to Australia called Bitteroo. I'm uh, I'm one of the the, the beta testers there. Uh, so far, highly impressed. 
low fee uh, auto DCA uh, gonna go live uh, mid-May so we've got uh, now auto DCA firms pretty much uh, covering the entire Anglosphere uh, in the US uh, we've got Swan yep. so I'm uh, I provide uh, chaplaincy and frying services uh, to Swan and a bit of advice from time to time uh, 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 that, so that Swan, Swan has almost uh, total coverage of the US I think uh, only missing two states. Yeah, they're missing um, New York. I know New that. York is one of them. Yeah. New York is New York. one of them. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, New York is a is a tough one. Uh, but Cash App is uh, is uh, going to be implementing auto DCA soon as well. So I imagine uh, that'll be coming to New York. Uh, Bitter in Europe. Uh, Coin Floor coming to the UK very soon. Bull Bitcoin in Canada. Uh, I just wanted to, to add to Anders's uh, point on exponentials. So there's a very famous quote uh, by Dr. Albert Bartlett, uh, pr professor of uh, physics, uh, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, the greatest shortcoming of the human race is the inability to understand the exponential function. Uh, and I think uh, this used to be the case two months ago, but I think every human now uh, with the advent of coronavirus has uh, has received a, a, a comprehensive education in the exponential curve, uh, which which will make understanding of Bitcoin easier. In theory, in in theory, it, it will. I don't know. At, people... least uh, at least now, it's an idea in the mainstream. This is what an exponential curve is. So, for some people, this is the first time in their life they've ever heard of an exponential curve. And, uh, and, you know, the flattening of the curve and peaks and troughs and all of that. Uh, so I think this might be a good uh, lesson by proxy uh, because, yeah, it's all, it's all about exponentials uh, in the Bitcoin world. That's a positive spin on the situation. I like that. Again, for those that don't understand, DCA, dollar cost averaging, you are a big – you're definitely dying on that hill. That's, that's I, I buy you're... every day. And I don't even know. I, I've said it and I forget it. But you, you're an expert on it because you just listed a bunch of countries, a bunch of uh, – I mean, you should, you should make a site that says uh, wherever you are in the world, this is where you go. If you it, need yeah, it's, my, it's my pinned tweet. It's so, pin. so even the Indians have an option at uh, with BitDroplet. So, uh, so we've, got, we've got fantastic coverage now. Uh, pretty much just uh, Latin America and Africa missing. Uh, so, uh, so hopefully uh, they should not, get one in South Africa. I don't, I don't see why they don't do DC yeah. down in South Africa, man. So, uh, but, so yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. Maybe I'll start badgering a couple of the South uh, African exchanges. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of big South African fans in the Bitcoin world. They're watching now pound that like button. All right. Hasma cook. Thank you for, for taking time this morning. It's Saturday morning where you are. Thanks for being on. All right, let's 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 move to Simon. Any any uh, matters you wanted to bring up that were not brought up? Uh, any any replies you wanted to say that you didn't get the reply? The floor is yours. Thank you so much. No, Adam, it's been a pleasure being in the show. Thank you for hosting, and um, uh, I wish all the listeners uh, all the best and good health. Very nice. Thank you for returning, making your second appearance on the show. It's always great to have you on. All these dudes are linked to below in their, in their tweets. You can learn all about them. And they've got links on their Twitter accounts where you can even learn more about them. So just don't just don't blindly read the tweets. Click on the links. You'll learn so much. All right, Anders, and, and you, you've got something to say probably. Man. What's yeah, yeah. On? I mean, um, but I'll, I'll try and keep it fairly short. Um, I've said a lot already. Uh, but um, yeah, first of all, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure, Adam. Um, and thanks for hosting the show. Um, uh, I really enjoy it. Um, so thanks for the invitation. Also, I just want to say um, about Tor that I, I didn't know that until you told me just pre-show. And um, yeah, that's very sad. He, was, uh, he came to every single of my meetups. Um, and uh, he was just the, the, like a happy, the kindest guy you can imagine. And, and usually Bitcoin is something that, you know, it's, it's uh, skewed towards younger people. Uh, he was a little bit more uh, senior, but he was totally 
you know, Bitcoin maximalist, strong hand. Um, what a fantastic guy. Uh, so very sorry to hear that. Um, and yeah, uh, House mentioned uh, Swan. Uh, full disclaimer, I'm a little bit involved there as well. But uh, they, they are probably the best DCA solution in, in the United States where the fee uh, is only 0.99%, uh, which is uh, unbeaten, uh, I believe, in US. Um, so, so that's, and it's Bitcoin only, of course, uh, no other coins. Um, and um, then um, I think it was a great suggestion uh, you had for Haas with uh, making the website because uh, something as fairly simple as CoinMarketCap was just sold for $400 million <laughs> uh, to Binance. So, I mean, if you get at least half of that, uh, it will be a well-visited site because people will go there and, you know, try and find out where they can get the best uh, DCA and you can, you know, list the fees so people can find the cheapest solution. And, uh, yeah, you'll, you know, maybe you can make a couple of hundred dollars uh, from Binance. <laughs> no, no, that's actually, that's a serious thing you just said. I mean, in motion people be in motion that is a, that's an idea right there because it is crazy they're paying 400 million for that well for the eyeballs is what they're paying for so i mean ha dca could be the hottest thing and everyone would go there to to see where you dca in my country where i could do it at it's a good idea i like that man we're coming up we're we're brainstorming here on the this week in bitcoin show best freaking guest in this space well thank you dudes Thank you very much. It has been a memorable show. Everybody, we do This Week in Bitcoin every uh, every Friday. So thank you again, guests. You tune in every Friday. Follow me on Twitter at TechBalt. If you, you know, we've had issues with the <laughs> where the videos appear. I don't know where you guys are watching this right now, if it's taped or if you're listening. But definitely go to TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T on Twitter. That's where you can be up to date on the uh, whatever the situation is. Uh, with me and uh, the, the video. But one thing you can be sure of, YouTube can try to shut me down, whatever. You're going to get a new show every single day. This this Week in Bitcoin is every Friday. So again, thank you, guests. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Remember, subscribe to this channel. Well, <laughs> like this video, pound that like. I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> Dude, just keep on, retweet, retweet. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. And again, I, this show was dedicated to a great guy, a great strong hand. He will never be forgotten. Uh, Tor, uh, we, we learned a lot from you. And everybody, plan ahead. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, but enjoy your weekend. Again, everybody, Shabbat Shalom. Be safe. Uh, see you later. Thank you, everybody. See you, Ron. See ya. <laughs>